Welcome to the One Size Does Not Fit All podcast. I'm Kat Vitu, the founder of the World Life Tribe, and I co-host this show with the lovely Liberty. And together we meet the most inspiring people that are here to give you tools to live a life where you will thrive. Bon Raw makes it easy for you to sweeten naturally with minimum effort and zero compromise with their delicious range of raw and unrefined organic sugars. Bon Raw is better for you and the planet. Find Bon Raw's silver birch, panela and coconut blossom at Waitrose. Hi and welcome to our podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All. I'm here again, it's Liberty and I'm joined by Kat. Hi Kat. Hi Liberty. How are you? I've got a really sore toe. <laughs> oh God, tell us what you've done. It's really bad actually. And I don't want to tell you what you've done because it's slightly embarrassing. I, um, I run cooking classes now online every Monday and I was rushing um, yesterday and a, jar, a big glass bottle of tamari fell out and it landed on my toe. Oh and I didn't think God. it really had made much of an impact until I took my sock off last night. And I got this, I'm like Mr. Deeds, I've got this big black toe, which I was just like, what is that? Then I showed Richard and he was like, that bad. And he pulled out like a little film thing of Mr. Deeds' foot. And I was like, thanks for the sympathy. Um, So painful though. So painful actually. So I'm going to rub that all in Hanukkah. That's, that's really nice for you to know, isn't it? Um, it's, it's really easy to break your toes, though, you know. I've broken my toes so many times. I've I got this really... It, though. I can't tell. It, it, I, would be, it, I would know, wouldn't I? It's just black. It's absolutely black. <laughs> if you can't get your shoe on, you can't get your shoe on, can you? No. Well, there's a good I chance to run this morning. Oh, gosh. Get trainer on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got these really sexy feet where my second toe is much longer than my big toe. Oh. But that means something. I've got a longer second toe as well. That's well, like, that means conversation, isn't it? <laughs> Tell Rich about that sexy little number. I, I used to break my second toe all the time when I was younger. Even um, my toenail once fell off after I broke it. Oh, and I was, I, remember, I, was, <laughs> I was on brownie camp and all the brownies were screaming and crying. I was like, <laughs> brown owl my toenails fallen off and they were like ah! <laughs> god that's great um uh, that uh, but yeah i was about to share my toe story but i'm not gonna do that now um so how's your week been you know um dog walks crying eating laughing premature house decoration with christmas stuff because why not that's yeah. about it, really. Yeah, I tree up, actually. Very I festive. I say we. I didn't have anything to do with it. I went off for a two and a half hour walk. I came back and the decorations are up. You I always thought, do I this. Like, I'm so jealous. In, I was like, how long did I go for a walk for? <laughs> You're so lucky how Rich does all of that stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, but it wasn't for me. It was my daughter just stood with him, just going, Daddy, please, can I have some Christmas decorations? <laughs> they were up. I was like... <laughs> What is wrong with you? <laughs> they do but, love it. Everybody's getting into this Christmas spirit early, aren't they? I think because everybody wants a bit of that happiness, you know, people yeah. together. Um, I was talking to Dina, who works with us. Uh, all of her neighbours got together so they could put their lights up. And so they lit up the whole of the street. They did like... At the same time. Social distancing drinks on the street. I think, you know, people really wanting to come together. People are getting... 
you know, it's it's tough at the moment. It's uh, it's very dark, isn't it, at the moment? Like uh, yeah. dark evenings, dark mornings. Um, and we do need, we need a little bit of light in our lives at the moment. Yeah, a bit of community and yeah. um, something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, today, I mean, I was watching a news piece today, which was covering, like, they're doing quite a big, you know, like, um, end loneliness campaign because... Um, they were just, you know, with the whole of the second lockdown, it's actually got a lot worse statistically than the first one, actually, which, um, and I don't think it's a specific age group. I think it's actually, it rolls across. And they were talking actually a lot about young people um, and how they worry this time of year, actually, because a lot of um, men between the age of 17 and 27, I think, um, it's a really tough time of year for them without a lockdown, um, throw in a lockdown. And I think that's, it's been quite hard it's coming out and showing so but the thing about it now is it isn't just about men it's kind of it's it's sort of seeping through to more people yeah i think it's been a real um it's brought it's brought stuff into sharp focus for so many people in so many ways um i started out as the kind of person who would say suits me i i sort of my anxiety doesn't says so I don't want people coming around and oh I don't mind not going out and oh I love sitting on the sofa and all that kind of stuff but actually um the second lockdown is the one where I've gone oh my god I really miss my mom I wish I could see my sister and it's really surprised me how much I've missed them and that's from someone who (laughs) I'm not cold-hearted but I don't I'm quite self-sufficient um, but I'm des- I've been desperate to see everyone. So, uh, um, and I, you know, I took along quite happily. So, I mean, if I'm feeling like that, then I know that some people are just, my mom is very, very, very sad at the moment. I know she's listening. Um, and that's because she feels that she's at a time in her life where she's not even old, but she's like these, you know, how do I know next year I'll be as able to do the things I can do this year? This is my good years ticking away. I'm lo- I've lost a year here. My mum's a bit of a wild one. She goes out dancing the night away. She's a Northern Soul dancer. And um, <laughs> she is, she's born in 52. So she's 68 um, on the 14th of December. And she's just, uh, she loves, she loves to go out and dance. And, and for her, she's like, you know, I'm 68. And a couple of years, who knows, you know, tomorrow is not promised to us. So really prioritizing, um, the things that you really want to do and making sure that you are where you want to be. I think this has been a time for um, putting that stuff into focus. Um, And maybe for some people, it's been a realization. We've actually got a really special guest with us today. Who's kind of done exactly that. Um, So we're joined today by an experienced solicitor by the name of Kim Huggins. Kim works for large corporate companies, startups and SMEs, which, uh, I've just learned as small and medium enterprise companies <laughs> like the Well Life Tribe. Good morning, Kim Huggins. Good morning, Liberty. Good morning, Kat. How Hello, are you? Kim. I'm very well, thank you. I'm sitting here in my new little office room with the sun beaming in on me, having had a personal training session this morning. So I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, that's a good start to the day. It's Kim, we're so very happy. funny where you are, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's always sunny. It looks really sunny where you are, actually. I'm sat right by the window. I mean, it's a beautiful day. The sky is clear blue and the sun is 
is beating in through the window. It's it's lovely. It's cold, but lovely. It's it's a day for walking, that's for sure. Mm. That's funny, actually, Kim, because I haven't known you that long, but I feel like I've known you for quite a while. <laughs> it's, it's, you're one of those people that you meet who I think we've got on instantly well it's just clicked and then yeah. i just feel like i've known you for years actually oh, thank you um and you know i i've been really enjoyed because you you have obviously come into the world live tribe onto the panel but i've just really enjoyed um learning off you actually because i have to say legal legal bits and stuff i was always a bit like yeah that's somebody else's department i don't need to know about that up until i started my own business and i was like oh, probably should <laughs> Probably something I need today. Um, but, but yeah, but there's only a certain amount really that you need to know. You need to know some basics, and then yeah, and then yes, then you do call on the people who are the experts because we all do that in business. We can't do everything. We're the expert in what we're doing, and then you have to seek help from others, don't you? That's something I've definitely learned over the years. Is that we we think we're super we think we're superwoman. We try and be superwoman, but we don't need to be. No, exactly. Um, so we were just talking earlier about uh, loneliness because it's come up on the news quite a lot. There's a massive, huge campaign out today um, to combat it because, um, you know, we were just saying in lockdown, it really has taken its toll on people, actually. Um, and you've recently made a big move, haven't you? I have, I have, and let's hope I can get to the end of this without crying because loneliness, loneliness is a really, it's a really difficult subject to talk about in a way because you almost don't want to admit it. I, I, I certainly would say it feels like a bit of a failing to say I'm lonely, especially when you, you know a lot of people, you're doing a lot of things. That's not, I've discovered that's not what loneliness is. You can know people and you can be busy, but it doesn't mean you're not lonely. But Yes, I made a decision quite early on in lockdown that I, I guess I spent a lot of time doing some self-reflection, not intentionally, it was just that's how it happened. And, um, and I'd been living in London in the same flat for 16 years and I knew I was, I knew I was stuck, but I didn't know how to unstick myself. Everything, everything was fine. There wasn't anything that I could say was a particular problem, but I just felt that there could be more to life. And, and then during lockdown, I thought about where my friends are, who I see most often, who I care about most in the world. Where are they? Where am I? And uh, I and two, two of the people that I'm the closest to are my parents. And we have a very strong relationship. And I think that's born from the fact that I grew up in Belgium and so we were very much a strong family unit in a country that we had no other family around us so it made our family unit very strong and I enjoy their company and during lockdown I thought why why do I live two hours away from the two people that I'm the most closest to and my parents own a flat in Northampton that they were renting out. I knew they wanted to sell it. And I just thought, why on earth don't I buy that flat and go and live there? And as soon as I'd made that decision, I knew instinctively it was the right decision. 
I did the typical lawyer thing and I worked out pros and cons and thought it through from that perspective. But I, but my gut and my heart just kept saying, no, it's what you, sh- it's what you need to do. And I've lived here three weeks now and I love it. Absolutely love it. I feel freer. I feel happier. Yes, I do feel happier. Um, but I just, I just knew it was the, the right thing to do. So when you look back older now um, and you see how you were living in London, what do you think about that? I was just living. Um, I was going through, I was going through the motions a lot of the time. And one of the things that I realised was that over the space, over the period of, I don't know, a couple of years, some of my very good friends had moved away. Um, so one friend went back to live in Australia my neighbor who had become a friend, she went back to live in Spain. So two of the people that I was seeing a lot was, were no longer there. And I wasn't seeing people as much as I wanted to, or certainly I wasn't seeing the people I cared about enough as much as I wanted to. And, and so I was filling my time, and I was filling my time with things that I enjoy. So I'm very active. I was playing a lot of tennis, and I was having personal training twice a week and and keeping busy running a business but all of that was I was just doing yeah I don't know if that's if that makes if that makes any sense but um I guess if you think about what is really living I mean that's probably quite a deep conversation for another time um but it's I guess we all we all at some point figure out what what we really love in life and what we really want to be spending our time doing and um and who we want to be surrounded by yeah and i can kind of imagine that um you know as well like uh, lockdown became quite lonely um generally across the kind of whole nation the whole world really didn't it um but you know the difference was i you know i live with people in my house um and I was speaking, I, one of my best friends, he lives in London, was living on his own. And he, at the very beginning, was just like, no, this is brilliant. A bit like what Liberty was saying, this is brilliant, you know, I get to do my own thing, I'm doing this. And then I think partway through, he's then gone, actually, I'm a, I'm a bit bored now. I'd, you know, because at first he really embraced the Zoom thing. You know, it's all right, because I can still see everybody on Zoom. I'm doing a lot of quizzes, you know, everything was quiz night, fancy yeah. dress, what, you know. But actually, I, I don't personally think that those things can really make up for human contact, though, can they? Hmm. I must, yeah, I, did, I must admit, I didn't join in any of those Zoom things at the beginning. I, and I, I, I didn't, I wondered why, but I thought, well, I don't know why I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah um but no it doesn't make up for human contact and uh and i love i love being by myself i'm very independent and happy with my own company but you can't beat a hug or just sitting opposite somebody and just having pauses in a in a conversation as well as opposed to i mean zoom can be quite intense because you don't tend to just pause for a few minutes or look away and do something else and come back to it you're constantly looking at people and thinking of things to say and 
Um, but, but yes, I live on my own as well. And I had a lot of people saying to me that they were envious of the fact that I lived on my own because <laughs> I didn't have to, I didn't have children running around at home. I wasn't trying to sort out homeschooling and I wasn't fighting somebody for the kitchen table to work from. And I totally, totally got that. And I said, yes, I'd rather be in my position. But I said, you also have to bear in mind that I'm, I'm not, I have no contact with anybody. In a, yeah, in that's a and are you a sociable person? Normally you, you would, uh, without lockdown, you would be out and about. You, you do yeah. lots of stuff yeah. with other people. Yeah. And I, yes, I do. I am sociable. I like to think I'm sociable. <laughs> <laughs> and i i i get my energy i'm a mix of introvert and extrovert and i get my energy from people and if i'm having a bit of a flat day then often i need to just go out get out of my own head and be with somebody else and and get energy from them and um i think it's funny how the mind works i i have forgotten a lot of what first lockdown was like because we've been out of it and came back in again but we've had we've had a lot of our freedoms back so once I was back playing tennis I was back seeing people every day and 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 that all helped but yeah I think those six months or whatever it was that we were really really locked down maybe it wasn't even six months but um yeah they were tough they were tough at times not always tough um I've got a list in one of my notebooks of all the positives from lockdown and all the, the negatives and the list of positives is, is much bigger, but the, the, the negatives are the, the things around loneliness. Definitely. So once lockdown is over and you're able to um, move around in a more normal capacity in your new town, will you, um, are there people that you know, or will it be sort of a case of, finding local friends or are you still sort of are you commuting still so you're still spending a lot of time in London anyway no I'm not commuting and that's that's one of the reasons why the move was easy because I I can I can work remotely I can work from anywhere and I don't need to be in London and I will make trips back definitely because there are people there that I still want to see but it won't it's not a regular it's not a weekly thing by any means and um i'm very committed to making a new start for myself in this area and uh, the only people i know are my parents obviously my hairdresser thank thankfully i have a hairdresser here um, <laughs> like gold dust <laughs> yeah a hairdresser and a good beautician i've known them for years so That's great so i will always look well turned out <laughs> So just with nowhere to go. To go. <laughs> yes. Nobody to go out with and nowhere to go, but hey, I look good. <laughs> um, but I also think out of those, out of knowing those people, something yeah. may come and uh, how that's up to me, I suppose, how open I am to that. But um, I've, now, I've got a new personal trainer or two of them, actually. They're both very heavily involved with Rugby, Northampton has quite a good rugby team. Oh, my, my niece works for Northampton Rugby Club. Does she? Yeah, she's the marketing manager. Ah. So if you like rugby, I could probably sort you out a ticket. Well, I don't, 
it's not that I don't like rugby. I don't know anything about rugby, yeah. but I figured I figured now that I'm here, I'm going to embrace rugby, and I'm single, so you know, embrace rugby players as well with any luck. <laughs> um, and having two personal trainers that are heavily involved in that world as well, I just think, well, you never know what opportunities might arise there. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, I mean, I'm looking forward to being able to get out and about more and meet people more socially meet people in a coffee shop for example rather than always having to go on a walk with them um but no i'm this is a new chapter for me so i'm not i'm not just single rugby players in northampton (laughs) (laughs) one thing i find interesting is that the move um was motivated by the really close relationship you have with your parents so um so many people sort of put that gap between themselves and your parents but i think the beauty of your situation is that it sounds like your parents are your your very best friends would you put it that way i'm not a fan of of calling anyone a best friend but we i think we 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 look after each other so i didn't move here to take care of them by any means they're very independent they're very fit and healthy um but we take care of each other so they're here to look out for me just as much as I am here to look out for them. Yeah. But I think, I think what, what we have that is perhaps quite unusual is that we enjoy each other's company. And I turn to them for, they're my sounding board on some business related things because they're, they're quite practical and sensible. I mean, my dad was a very successful um, business, not business owner, but a, a manager in a, in a company. And, um, and my mum also worked in industry, so they can still bring useful insight to, to what yeah. I'm doing. Um, and there are lots of things we enjoy doing together. And I mean, until a few years ago, we were going on holiday once a year together because we just enjoy we just enjoy being together. And having talked to a lot of people, I realised that is quite a precious thing to have. It's amazing. And, yeah. and you, you just think that's, I, for you, it's always been that way. So I guess you don't know any different. But for so many people, I, I, I'm very close to both of my parents, but um, for so many people looking in, I think they'd be like, wow, what's the secret? But it's just, it's the way you've grown up that you've always been that way. Um, but it is, it's really special, really yeah. special. Yes, it is. And, and I don't often articulate it. So it's nice to it's nice to be able to do that and Mm. and for me just to I guess to say out loud that yes they're amazing people and I enjoy being with them and Mm. you know they're perfectly healthy now but who knows who knows what the future brings I think that's what lockdown has shown us is that actually we've got we've got no real control over the future and therefore we have to live for now and we have to be doing everything we can to enjoy our lives right now rather than putting things off and I didn't want to put this off any longer because because there was no need and I didn't I didn't want to I want to live each moment now more preciously I guess and um yeah so you've had a full-on career actually haven't you Kim you've got quite a heavy job really you've had you know um and somewhere along the line I think you've mentioned that it 
you know, you didn't <laughs> used to look after yourself as well as you, you do now. When did you have that moment of kind of clarity of like, what the hell's going on here? I need to start looking after myself. Probably. Um, I mean, that period was when I was studying law. So I was working full time and studying law part time all at the same time. And I'm very driven and I knew that there was a, a goal. There was there was an end to it, but I mean, it was an eight year journey but I knew where I was going to get to and I wanted to get there and I just put my head down and and got on with it and uh, it wasn't until quite late into that eight-year process that I guess I admitted that it was all it was getting on top of me I, I couldn't I was finding simple things just were absolutely draining me and um and so i and i remember actually i remember going to see a doctor who because i was they, they couldn't figure out the reason for the symptoms that i was exhibiting and um i remember this this doctor saying asking me about was i depressed i said no i'm not depressed i'm just exhausted and uh there's a there's sort of a big gap in my memory because i think we we filter out some of the, the negative stuff that happens in life and but I think once I turned 40 so I'd already qualified by then um and from the point at which I qualified which was 13 years ago I'm not going to that would give my age away but uh, that was 13 years ago and I think in in these 13 years it's taken a long time I didn't realize any of this stuff overnight um I think I was beginning to see that eating a bag of minstrels or a bag of Maltesers just to get a piece of work done, that that wasn't healthy. Um, and slowly but surely, I started to get fitter. And then my 40th birthday was looming. And that was, that was the point when I got my first personal trainer and then started to pay more attention to what i was feeling instinctively did i enjoy this person's company no i didn't so why was i spending time with them <laughs> did eating this make me feel good no it didn't so why do i do it and then i started reading more and i guess investing more time in in looking after myself and realizing that we have one body and one life and we need to we need to take care of ourselves a little bit better and you can't you can't behave in your forties like you could in your twenties either. Mm. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. I mean, you can. Almost by eight, isn't that the same? <laughs> but also, I realised that forty is no age whatsoever, and um, I refuse to. I don't. I accept I'm getting older, but I refuse to let that stop me. Mm-hmm. Isn't it mad when you look back and you think, um, I remember when I was a kid thinking someone who was 40 or 50 was so old. <laughs> and it's true when you're actually in, I'm 44 now, but I mean, um, yeah, I keep thinking, this is it. This is it. This is, you've, you've got to make the most of this because, you know, 
these are good days. These are yeah. such good days. I mean, and then there's my, my mom is 68 and she, you know, she's still absolutely in her prime, still going for it. So you've just, you have got to take care of yourself and you do only get one chance to do that and one body, like you say. So yeah. what, kind of, what kind of things do you enjoy to do, enjoy doing to um, take care of yourself? I, I exercise a lot. And some people have said that I exercise almost to extreme, but I don't feel it's too extreme because I know... I know when I reached my limits, but the, the different things I do, I do for different reasons. So the, so I love playing tennis and I, I only learned to play tennis after I turned 40 because it was something that I'd always loved watching. And then one day I was watching a tournament and I thought, Kim, why on earth don't you learn how to play this game? So off I went and I learned. Had you never picked up a racket before? no. No, it wasn't, something, it wasn't something I'd played as a child. And um, that's brilliant. So no, off I went and took some group lessons and then realised group lessons wasn't getting me forward quickly enough. You'll probably start seeing a theme that <laughs> <laughs> Kim wants something, she goes for it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So then I had private coaching and eventually joined a tennis club and started playing more and more and and I love the I love the competitive element of it actually uh, I realized that I was better playing singles than doubles because if you have the wrong doubles partner <laughs> yeah that's not necessarily very much fun Kim <laughs> 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 <him> in tennis <laughs> um so I play tennis for for physical exercise, but for the for the competitiveness of it, I think I think I've not really thought about that too much. But I think it is because I like the competition and I like beating somebody <laughs> or, try, or trying to beat somebody. I bet you're a really good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I like success. So I like I like success for me, and I like getting success for other people. I like things to work out in the right way that's the winning formula success then it's winning sorry is it the definition of success is winning no 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 tennis sorry that was a lot of no's tennis has taught me that because you can lose a tennis match but still play really well and i've learned that you can't just come off a court and go oh i've lost again you have to think about, well, how did I play? What was my technique like? How calm did I stay? How good were they? All of those things. Tennis is a very, very mental game. Yeah. And um, so, no, it's, success isn't just winning. Definitely not. <laughs> um, well, well, winning is good. I don't play, I don't do anything to come second. Yeah. But if I do come second, then, well, you know. Say what's your next favorite sport swimming probably mm. swimming is something i have been doing since i was very very small and i think when i'm in water i probably i think probably a psychologist would tell me that as soon as i'm immersed in a pool it probably brings back childhood feelings i don't know something like that but i do love being in water and I, I love the rhythm of just counting lengths as I'm doing them. Some people hate that, but it's quite therapeutic. And 
and I can swim. I'm a strong swimmer and I can swim all the different strokes. And uh, you can really push yourself with a couple of lanes of butterfly. And um, so you can get a real physical workout from it as well, as well as just the enjoyment of floating and hootling up and down a lane. Do these things really relax? They, they do, they help switch my mind off. Um, so my body might not feel relaxed, but my mind has switched off or has changed gear. So I suppose, I suppose it is, I suppose it is relaxing me. Um, but it's not a relaxing, it's not the same as having a hot bath. It's not that kind of relaxing. Go on, Kat. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> going back to um, the point then when, um, let's say at the point when you realised that you had to make a change, um, was it a very gradual point that you got to where you thought one day, I'm not doing this anymore? Or did you sort of have a lightning bolt and think, I can and I will, and I'm going to change this today. And how did it come about? And did, did anything that you were doing in your life change? Like the, whether I'm just imagining all these things that you're doing, all this activity and sort of your work and everything, it sort of keeps you going. And you sort of described it as being on a kind of, you know, on a, on a hamster wheel that the way you were in London, just keeping on going through the motions. Um, when you got to that point, although you said you weren't depressed, the loneliness was, did anything drop away that you've now resumed and you've thought, I feel better, I feel lighter, I feel brighter? Oh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of points, a lot of questions. I always do that. I'm so sorry. I'm like <laughs> quiet for a few minutes and then I just... Um, but I can't remember what I said now, so don't ask me to pick it up. <laughs> I'd be a terrible lawyer. <laughs> so the, word, the, the two words that have stuck in my head are lightning bolts. Mm. I certainly had a lightning bolt about moving. Mm. That was just that. Yes, that really was a, a wow moment. Oh my gosh. That's, that's what I need to do. And mm. I love it when that kind of thing happens where you just know, yes, it's, it's, I don't know. It's the world telling me this is what I need to do. Yeah. A lot of other things have, have happened. have just trickled, trickled along. And then you realize, or you look back and you think, ah, that's why I didn't want to do that. Or that's why I, I took, I decided to do that and not that. But it's only when you reflect, because I think we all, we all do things instinctively, but we don't necessarily know why. We just know it's, it's perhaps the right path to be on or, well, this doesn't feel right. Maybe I won't do that just yet. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it off for whatever reason. And, and then you realize why. And, and I was, there is an example of that in my head and I can't, it's not quite coming to the tip of my tongue, but um, I was invited back to my school in Belgium to talk to the sixth form students. And they asked me to talk about my career path because I didn't go to university. 
I knew I knew when I was doing my A-levels, I didn't want to go to university, that I wanted to work and and I was going to do that and I did it. And um, I now have the equivalent of a law degree, but I don't have a degree. Mm. And I guess they wanted me to tell, talk to the students about, look, you don't have to make, when you're 17 and you're asked to make a choice about your future, how on earth do you know what you want to do? And there's a lot of pressure, certainly on the school that I was at, there's a real pressure on the students to pick a university, that that's, that, that is the natural way things go. You do your A-levels, you go to university and then whatever happens. And, and I was there to say, well, no, you don't have to do that. It doesn't matter what pressure you're under. That's, that's not the only option. And during my preparation to give that talk, I obviously had to look back over my career and there are a lot of things I realized I did instinctively, but I was too young to realize that that's what they were. But I followed my, I followed what felt right to me mm. in everything I've done. And if, and people say, do you have any regrets? And I think, well, I've probably done things that I wouldn't do again, but I think if you follow what feels right, you're following the right path for yourself. Yeah. That must have been quite a breath of fresh air for those students, actually, because yeah. a lot of the people in this time are worried about degrees and not able to afford to do you know, the education. Um, and actually, you hear more and more about um, people just not doing degrees first. But, but it seems to be like the parents worrying about it more than the children. Mm. So listening to your story, that's quite inspirational, actually, because looking at where you are now and the and the job that you have and i mean i i know how brilliant you are actually so that to, to, so to hear that is actually like for me because i don't think i knew that and i was like well actually it's, it's so refreshing to hear somebody say they didn't just sort of stay in the, the in the, the same lane actually mm. what was the reaction when you <laughs> there are students are a tough crowd <laughs> <laughs> Are they just pan-faced? Um, mostly, yes. Um, I, I didn't get any feedback afterwards, which, which is a shame, but a, a few of the students asked questions. They were forced into it a bit, but at least a few put their hands up and did ask some questions. And uh, apparently when I made a reference to, when I first started working, I encountered a um, very sexist gentleman who basically said that who said why would you why are you trying to have a career you'll you'll end up just having children and you you won't be interested in a career and that really really stuck with me I mean I must have been about 18 or 19 at the time and I was very clear about what I wanted to achieve. It, it was a different career at that time. It was a, a banking career rather than a legal one. But I couldn't believe this guy was sat opposite me saying, you won't, you won't want a career, you won't have a career because you'll have children. Uh, but, but when I mentioned that during my talk, I was told that there were a couple of, couple of young girls in the, that I was talking to, a couple of the students were nodding as though they'd perhaps already encountered that. Right. And um, so I think 
I'd like to think that what I said did resonate and, and made some of them see that there are other paths. But, but at 17, you are very much at the mercy of, of what your parents want as well. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I hope I showed them that there are other paths to take. Yeah, I think there's a lot of bravery that you're not taking credit for. Um, and I think that, that a lot of the time when you're talking to us, you're saying, um, oh, I've never actually verbalized or thought about or but one thing that I guess I was getting at when I was blowing back then was that I think it's easy to get to a point where you might be in your mind thinking I know something's got to change here in the situation I'm in now but I just don't know where to start and I think it's inspiring that you had there were there were some options that presented themselves and you took that and um, changed things for yourself so the, 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 there's always talk of doing what is within your power changing what is within your power but I think it's hard to do that when you're feeling compromised or, or or sad or whatever it may be I find that really inspiring that you you just you know packed up and and and, and moved on and, and and even in lockdown you're saying yeah I'm three weeks in and I am happy I think that's really amazing yeah um, thank you that's very kind of you to say i think you're right i don't I perhaps don't pat myself on the back enough for, mm. for what i have achieved uh, because i everything i've achieved i have pushed myself to achieve so nobody has come to me and and offered me something and you know you're often asked if you have if you've ever had a great mentor or is there somebody that you've worked with that has shown you something and I just think actually no and mm. that's sad but you know, I've, I'm all right because of it or what um you know and um but do you but believe I, that could be your parents though sorry do you believe that could be your parents I think I think it possibly could be um I mean they they never pushed me in a particular way they have supported me and okay i haven't i've not done anything wildly crazy i mean i have done some things that that they weren't proud of <laughs> but none of those were major things they were just typical things that you do when you're when you're a teenager but i think they have they have i guess made me the person i am and i've somehow got morals and values as a result of of them but I mean, I can definitely tell I'm their child because I can see where my character traits come from for both of them. But who are you most similar to? I'm similar to them. I'm very similar to them both. The but the drive, the determination, and I'm going to get this done, and I don't need any help. That comes that comes from my mum, very much so. Um, and uh, it's a it's a good quality to have, but it's a it's a tough one because we're very tough on ourselves. So I'm a perfectionist. I, and I, I make things harder for myself, but it has meant that I have got to where I am today because if I see an opportunity or if I want something, I go out and get it. I go out and make it happen rather than just, uh, yeah, that's quite nice. Yeah. Well, it'll never happen to me. If I want it, then I will go out and try and make it happen. 
It's really admirable. Something that you said about them, your mom and dad, was that they have raised you without criticism or judgment. And um, being a parent myself now, <laughs> that is a, uh, my kids aren't even very grown up and I'm, that's a really hard thing to do. I well, let's say they haven't criticized me or judged me that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> when you go home, they're like, bloody Kim. I believe it. <laughs> but that's amazing. I think that, that if you haven't felt it or seen it, then that's half of, that's, you know, that's, that's the whole deal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to reserve judgment, especially for someone who's growing and you're trying to let them find their own way, is, is it's an incredibly hard thing. Uh, so much of, of, of a person can be what is transferred from, you know, from, from their parents, good or bad. But I think that, 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 that criticism and judgment, I mean, they've done really well. I'm not saying I criticize and judge my kids every day, but they will already walk into a room and go, don't say anything. <laughs> but, and I'm like, Oh, um, but I, but that's obviously got loads to do with, um, the closeness of your relationship. And it's interesting for me to hear that. Um, my daughter actually said to me this morning, we were driving to school and, um, she said, mommy, um, I'm trying not to grow up for you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, you told me that, you like, you know, you don't want me to grow up too quickly. So I'm going to try not to grow up too fast for you. She's nine. And, um, and I was like, Oh God. And I was thinking, Oh my gosh, what? Just all these ideas flashed through my head. I was thinking, what was, you know, in what way had, does she see that? This can't be positive, surely. And she said, um, and then I think she actually felt sorry for me. So she said, sometimes when I'm upstairs in my room, I'll send you messages on my iPad just to make sure you're okay downstairs and you're not worried that I'm upstairs growing up on my own. <laughs> and um, and I, I just thought, and I said, oh, Maggie, I want you to, of course I want you to grow up. She said, don't worry, I'll always live with you and all this kind of stuff. I was thinking, I really don't want you to always live with me. <laughs> But but at the same time, I was looking at thinking, oh my god, I will miss it when you haven't got those little chubby cheeks and all. I just um, so you know, being careful of what we say and do, and allowing somebody like you to go on and have this beautiful this independence that you have, and um, just to be able to look back and say, I would love for my children to be able to one day look back and say that they would like to live close to me and that I raise them without criticism or judgment. I think that's just incredible. It really stood out. It really stood out to me and to Kat. We were talking about it before uh, we started that that's such a special thing. And obviously you're very close to them. So it, it, it's, it works. And it's, it's funny. It'd be interesting to ask them the questions, wouldn't it? Because when, when a lot of people have asked me, so, for example, the, the flat I'm living in needed a lot of work doing to it, um, superficial, no, cosmetic work doing to it before I moved in. And so, you know, the painter would say, oh, why is it you're moving up here? And, and I'd say, well, I want to be near my mum and dad. And, and I've never said to them, how, how does that make you feel when you hear me say that? Mm -hmm. But I know that they're obviously, that must feel amazing that your, yeah. your grown-up daughter has chosen to uproot herself from the capital city i mean everybody you know everybody sees london as this amazing place to live and mm. i've uprooted myself and moved myself to a place where i don't know anybody 
to be predominantly to be nearer them yeah yes it is a new chapter for me as well but if they didn't live here I wouldn't live here and um yeah so it'd be interesting to ask some of them some of the questions you've asked me to ask them because yeah. I don't know I don't know how they decided they were going to parent my brother and I but whatever they've done they've done it they've done it well yeah. Uh, I mean I've had my moments and they'll they would probably remember some of those moments better than I will but somehow I guess in that support I mean I, I don't know how they felt when I said I don't want to go to university but I guess I probably said that but I presented them with with what I wanted to do instead so I think well if your child comes to you and says I don't want to do this but I want to do this and this was in the days this was pre-internet so lord knows how i did a lot of what i did but i'd written to all of the four major banks at the time to try and get a job with them on their management programs and so i made it happen and i think with everything i've done i've i've thought it out and thought right this is what i'm going to do and i suppose they've seen that well kim seems to be a fairly sensible girl yeah and um I also know when when something's perhaps not working out and, and you change it. But yes, it would be interesting to hear their side of it. <laughs> interesting as well for um, young people at the moment who have had a rocky time this year with, you know, GCSEs, A-levels, all that kind of stuff. It's changed what they thought their path was going one way mm. and changed it. Maybe now they are going to think about deferring uni. I know from a couple of people whose children have gone to uni that it's been a bit of a complete disaster for them because a lot of them are barricaded in, you know, they're not having the funnest times. But I also know like a few children who exams have changed. It's not in the same way. Um, and this conversation is quite encouraging, actually, um, because uni isn't always the answer for everybody. And I think that's just, that's okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, like, I think uh, if I look at what I wanted to do at the time when I went, I I didn't actually finish uni. I went and then I I pulled out because I wanted to go and work. So I was the person who was like, yeah, 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 I'll give it again. Then I went, I went, I'm not doing this anymore. And of course, I had to tell my parents that who were probably like, oh my God, what? <laughs> and it was just like, you know, and I was not naughty but probably like I was like oh I'm gonna go and have some fun I'm gonna get a job I'm gonna earn some money you know it was all part of that but actually when I look back on it now I wouldn't change that and I think you know the uni journey isn't for everybody and whatever yeah. I'd set out to do to go to uni wasn't actually what I've ended up doing really uh, at all although parts of it is but I've learned what I was going to do along the way in jobs that I've done yeah. I'm not really sure what the point of university is. Um, that might be quite an outrageous thing to say, but as far as I can tell, what you come out of, what you come away from university with is a group of friends and they've had a lot of hangovers, you've had a really great time, you've, you've perhaps had to work hard, you might have a degree at the end of it. Debt. A debt, yes. <laughs> a degree in geography, for example, I don't know what... <laughs> Oh, I feel bad saying that, but you can get degrees in <laughs> so many different things. And how how useful is a degree in geography? To no, she's German, aren't you? What did you get? Languages. Yeah, German. Well, that's, yeah, that's useful. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you study, Kat? Dare I ask? Was it geography? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I look like I do geography? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, ask my that, husband when I'm sat in the car. To him. <laughs> How will you do for sat now? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> University, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> You can do all that without university. Yeah, true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've had I've done those things and I've been to university. I um I went because my mum said if you don't go to university, you've got to move out and get a job. I was like, oh god, I better go to university then. <laughs> and then I did German and I tried to leave because I found a boyfriend and I was like, oh god, I've got to do the third year in Germany. I said to my mum and dad, I'm going to drop out, actually. And they went, oh, yeah, that's fine. Just pay us back for the last two years, and that's fine. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to Germany now. <laughs> and then I finished, and I had a degree and a massive debt, and here I am. <laughs> Do I speak German anymore? Nein. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, I do have to question the the benefit of of university, and I'm sure there'll yeah. be plenty of people who will tell me what those benefits are. But I think more and more we need more practical skills, and I know that people are often saying, "Well, the curriculum needs to include money money management and and that kind of more practical skill because yeah. that's what we need in life." Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was thinking it was like. I was thinking about that at the time. I, I just totally couldn't get into it at all when I was trying to. But based on the fact that I was more interested in going out and just hanging out with people. But yeah. I never realised, I don't think, up until like later life, where I've gone to learn in later life, like training to be a coach, training to do this, all sorts of things. It's the empowerment that I love now. And I never had that on my mind at all when I went to learn anything. You know, you don't really learn about empowerment at school. You're just told to... You, you know you're stuck in a system aren't you you've got to learn this and who knows where it'll take you somebody's going to choose this for you you know and then I don't know I think by the time it was kind of uni I didn't really have my parents both came from foreign lands that their their life hadn't been like that they hadn't been to university you know like it wasn't that kind of thing so when I sort of left to try it wasn't I wasn't massively encouraged because they hadn't had that in their own journey um Whereas I've, I've married somebody who studied law and he had a very different upbringing to me. You know, it, it was everything to his parents that he had to have a degree to have a master's and everything like that. So it's interesting now because, you know, having children together and thinking about their future. Um, up until about five years ago, I was probably a, a little bit, you know, yeah they should go to uni I didn't go but they should go and then then I got ill part way five years ago and then my whole thing changed no actually they should just be happy they just do whatever, yeah. they, whatever they want to do I don't care if you know if you cut hair if you work at a gym I don't care what you do as long as you're happy about what it is that you want to do yeah. but make choices for yourself and empower yourself in something because anything is possible yeah and I, I think it's important to to want to do something rather than just fall into something and and not really not really have any goals or or things that you want to achieve and i think we all there you know there need to be hairdressers there need to be people working in gyms all of these we need all of these people and you can do it with a real sense of um oh, what's the word i'm trying to think of 
you can do it with with us with passion mm. um, um so i mean growing up in belgium the waitresses waiters and waitresses waiting staff in in restaurants they they don't do that job just because they've got nothing else to do they choose to do that and they do it well and they care about the service that they, they that they're providing whereas a lot of the time over here people are doing those jobs because they need to earn some money and they don't really care and they don't you know mm -hmm. it's just blah, blah 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 and um i think if you put enthusiasm into what you're doing it makes it more enjoyable for you as well yeah so i don't think it really matters i think you're right Kat. i don't think it really matters what you do as long as you want to do it and you put something into it yeah. otherwise i'm not sure what you get back if you don't put anything in um, I think the um, point that you made about your your parents allowing you, I'm not going to do what you expected me to do, but I am going to do this, um, giving you then the space to just say, okay, we're going to let you, we're going to sit back and trust you with this and allow you to go down that road. Um, that's a, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge, that gives you a huge sense of empowerment and, and, um, that's a huge thing for them to let go of the reins and allow you, you know, to, to go and do that. And that's something as well, which is really food for thought. I think as a parent, um, we always tend to think that we know best. Um, I know what's best for you. My son keeps telling me he's 12 and he keeps telling me, um, I think I know what time I should go to bed. I'm like, you're 12, get to bed now. But if I'm not tired when I get up in the morning, then 10 o'clock's not too late. I'm like, go to bed. Um, certain, certain things yes I do know best but obviously there comes a point where you have to let go of the reins a little and in that situation I think that's really it's it's really um it's really interesting to me that you know I want you to do this but I want to do this but how about if I do this I like that that kind of compromise sounds really healthy and it, it good really good for your relationship too you're allowed to prove yourself and they're allowed to enjoy the satisfaction of knowing you have that ability yeah yeah I mean when I started uh, my own company my own business six years ago I um I, I went to them and said look this is what I'm this is what I'm going to do this is what I want to do this is why i think it'll work um almost like like i was i wasn't asking for their approval but i wanted i wanted them to be comfortable with it and i said if it doesn't work i'll go back into the corporate world and and i'll get a job and and it'll be fine i once a solicitor carry on paying for your practice certificate you're always a solicitor so i said it's not i said i'm just taking a taking a, a little side path here just to try something I'm convinced it'll work mm. but if it doesn't it's okay and um, and they were happy with that and I so I didn't go to them for approval but I wanted them to be comfortable because I wanted to be able to talk about what I was doing without them thinking oh I knew Kim shouldn't have done that I knew she should have done that she should have just got a job <laughs> and I don't even think outside of my earshot they'd be saying things like that yeah um, there'll be moments i mean certainly the last few months has been really tough income wise for me and that's obviously a concern to them mm. but i think i've shown them or talked about it often enough and talked about the things that i'm doing that they think okay she'll 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 find a way it'll it'll work itself out but, mm. but if it doesn't 
I can still fall back on getting a conventional job if I need mm. to. But um, so yes, they've they've gone along with it comfortably. I think reasonably comfortably most of the time. But, uh, but just tell them you'll pay for the tell them you'll pay for the flat eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly what I wouldn't do is uh, is start going on fancy holidays and. I, I think you know when to. I think you know when to not. To, am I we allowed, are we allowed to swear on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I think I certainly. I certainly know when to take the piss and when not to. And, yeah. Um, and I don't think I do that with them. I think they would say I was a a nice daughter. <laughs> they they sound so sweet. What What are their names? Brenda and David. Brenda and David, I hope you're listening to this. Your amazing daughter. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. They should be life coaches for, for people like me who haven't got a bloody clue about what they're doing. Parenting, parenting life coaches. Well, we do. My, my brother and I do laugh because we, we will often call things. So, for example, we've had um, so M&D for mum and dad, obviously. We've had M&D house renovations. We've had... <laughs> Um, M and D business support. <laughs> Often there are M and D something because it's mum and dad who are driving, or they are the they are the the foundation for whatever it is we're trying to achieve. So it's a bit of a family in joke that it's mum and dad, but they are they are a team and they are a very supportive team. They sound fantastic as well. Do they live close? Does your brother live close? My brother. My brother is in Cheshire, so he's a couple of hours away. Okay. So I'm I'm now two hours nearer him, which is great. That's nice. Yeah. 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 And uh, he's he's doing Christmas for us this year. Which ah. Is, yeah. He moved. He moved at the beginning of first lockdown, and I moved at the beginning of second lockdown. <laughs> a bit of a theme. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been really wonderful talking to you. I think especially just you being very honest with us about, you know, your journey. Um, I think it will also help some of our listeners who have actually, you know, like been living in lockdown by themselves, you know, to know that actually you do have some choices that you can make um, to to make your life whatever you want it to be, actually. Mm-hmm. Um also, in terms of work-wise, you know, you've, you've joined our wellness community, which I often tell people about you because they're like, what? what? Why is a lawyer joined? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. She's like really into wellness and she's helping the community. And actually, firsthand last week uh, when you did the workshop, I thought that was that, that's exactly what it was that they wanted. And, and the feedback was fantastic. And you had a really good turnout, actually. People, you know, were really interested in, you know, and I could see from that how you can really help, um, you know, wellness entrepreneurs who don't necessarily have access access to somebody like you but um i so i know how well that you you, and how passionate it is that you kind of want to help people um in those types of businesses um if somebody wants to get hold of you where can they get hold of you kim probably the best thing to do at the moment is to drop me an email at kim at klhlegal.co.uk if they want to find out a bit more about me they can find me on linkedin quite easily 
and um, and then they can see where I've worked and the kinds of things I've done. But um, I don't think nothing really replaces just a, a chat. So I'm happy. Drop me an email and then we can set up a call and, and have a chat. Um, relationships are important to me. And I think in these times we can't meet face to face, but I always like to do a Zoom call. I like people to see me. I like to see them. And and then you've got body language and you can you can get to know each other a lot better this way by zoom than you can just on the, on a phone conversation and i'm happy to have a chat and then talk anything through and, and then we can go from there brilliant um thank you so much for coming on our podcast today um thank you Kim. thank you it's been a real pleasure your parents for us <laughs> yeah thank you they, they have texted me part way through oh yeah, yeah. they get, they're on their way to Lidl, which is just around the corner, so they're going to pop in. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. Um, Kim, my my niece does live in where you live. Does she? I was like, oh, guess what? I was telling her about you last night. Your ears must be burning. <laughs> I lived in the same village as Laura, and she was like, oh. And then she was like, I know who she is. I was like, no, I know you do. Well, I'm coming to see you next. I'm going to go and have a coffee with Kim. Um, thank you so much for today, Kim. It's been really, really fun talking to you. Um, and I do hope to meet your parents one day soon. <laughs> Me too. I feel like they're famous. <laughs> they are. M and D. They are. M and D podcast yeah, for parents. Yeah, M and D on the POD. <laughs> <laughs> Um, take care and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you both. Bye. Thank you, Kim. Bye. Bye.